Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Dealing with narcissists if you have to go to court is no fun. You're in for the fight of your life. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Zung, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Rebecca Zung, and today's topic is near and dear to many of your hearts, unfortunately, which is how to deal with a narcissist in court. Lately on my YouTube channel, I've been doing several videos on how to deal with a narcissist, how to negotiate with a narcissist, how to divorce a narcissist. And if you haven't seen those videos on my YouTube channel, you might want to go check that out. Um, I will actually drop a link to subscribe to my YouTube channel in the show notes so that you can do that if you want to. But it's become clearer and clearer to me as I navigate this world. And I've been in the divorce world for over 20 years now that there are more and more people who are dealing with narcissists. I don't know if there are more narcissists or maybe we're noticing them more or maybe there were um, just as many before, but they were we labeled them something else at the time. But that definitely seems to be the key word nowadays. Actually, years ago, we used to joke that all the men said that their wives were crazy and all the women said their husbands were controlling. And now I think the buzzword is narcissism. But even so, there is a recent psychological journal article that I read that said something like, we um, are, I think it's 160 Eight million people are affected by narcissists every day in our country. It's like a third of the population. And they actually went through the math of how they came up with that number. It's like how many people are actually afflicted with narcissistic personality disorder. And if each person deeply affects five people, or I would say victimizes five people, then they come up with this number of like 168 million people. And that's just in the United States. If you add in Canada and Europe and, you know, the rest of the world who may be listening to this podcast, then, you know, the numbers are exponential. I mean, it's probably billions of people who are dealing with narcissists. And dealing with narcissists, if you have to go to court, is no fun. I mean, let me just say at the outset, before I get into um, how to deal with it, that you're in for the fight of your life. I mean, these people, uh, you know, 
when when you are being drawn in by a narcissist, they're the most charming people in the world. And they start off extremely charming because they're trying to draw you into their lair. So they come up with things that they know that you'll like, things that I that they know will intoxicate you into you know, coming into their world. Uh, so there there may be promises of things that you want. They will treat you beautifully like a king or a queen. Uh, and, you know, you. I think the phase is actually called love bombing. Like that beginning phase is love bombing. You're so great. You're so beautiful. You're so smart. You're so amazing. Uh, all of the things that all of us as human beings want to hear. And so they start off with this phase of love bombing and then they go into the phase of devaluing you. And that's where the little, you know, depending on what kind of narcissist they are, if they're an overt narcissist, it may be a little bit more overt how they treat you poorly. It may be embarrassing you in front of your friends. It may be a, a direct put down. It may be something like that. But then, it, you know, and if it's a covert narcissist, it'll tend to be a little bit more passive aggressive, like forgetting names of things that you know, that they know are important to you, uh, inadvertently doing things to you that, um, they end up explaining away as a misunderstanding or a mistake or something like that, but it happens over and over again. So you start to realize that there's a problem. But, you know, of course, what they're trying to do is still look good to the rest of the world. And then during the discard phase, which is, you know, what's happening in a divorce, it gets even worse. Because the thing about narcissists is that you're only as good for them as you have value to them. And as long as you have some value to them, then you have value in being in their space. If you have no value to them, or they think that you're a liability, meaning that you're going to make them look bad in some way, then you become the enemy. And then it's all out war. Then it's, you know, make you look bad before they look bad. Then it's get you before you can get them. Um, that's when the triangulation starts. They start, you know, trying to gather troops and support. They they start talking to people and trying to make you look as bad as possible. And I have a lot more on that and, and how they behave in a divorce case in the show, How to Divorce a Narcissist. And I would highly recommend you check that out. If, um, if that's what you're dealing with right now. So uh, it's in the uh, archives of the episodes. It's, I think it's episode number 202. Um, but I will um, make reference to that in the show notes as well if you want to check it out. So if you're getting ready to go to court with a narcissist and you know you're in the legal arena, whether it's a divorce or otherwise, I've actually been chatting with a woman who is dealing with breaking up with a business partner. Uh, she lives in Canada and um, she's dealing with breaking up with a covert, passive aggressive narcissist business partner. And that is just no fun at all. It's absolutely uh, painful 
traumatic and um, extremely difficult, extremely difficult. One of the, you know, any, any kind of getting out of a relationship with a narcissist is, it's going to be one of the most difficult things that you ever do. I'm going to say that, but it is 100% worth it. You've got to do it. Staying in a relationship with a narcissist has to be a no way. It has to be like you cannot even think about staying in that relationship. It's, it's, it's just absolutely will steal your soul. Uh, you will not even know who you are by the time you are done. Um, and, you know, the longer you wait, the more difficult it becomes because the narcissist wants you to feel like you uh, need them, like that, you know, they, they want you to stay under their thumb, their, their reign of control. And remember that the narcissist has absolutely zero self-esteem. These are the people who have the least amount of self-value. Inside, they feel completely empty, completely empty. If you ever got to peel away that onion, which they'll never let you do, what you would see under there is a very sad, pathetic situation of a person who absolutely feels no sense of internal value whatsoever. And so what happens is they have to get all of their value from the external. It has to all come from the external. So it has to come from people adoring them, adulation, um, you know, they, they often pursue celebrity or fame or something. And, and it's not to be a great actor or be a, an amazing television host or whatever so that they can help people. It has nothing to do with helping people. It has everything to do with just getting attention. Because the narcissists need what they call a certain amount of supply I say a certain amount, which means like really endless amount. Um, but in order for them to feel like they even exist in the world, they have to have a certain amount of supply. And how they get that supply is attention from others or uh, by hitching their wagon to people that they think will help bring them the, the right attention that they want, uh, that sort of thing. So... Um, and they, you know, they have no boundaries. They have absolutely no boundaries. Uh, and they do think that they're superior to everyone, um, which kind of seems like a paradox to me because people who have no self-esteem don't generally think that they're superior to everyone, but somehow narcissists do. So with all of that in mind, let's talk about if you are in the legal arena and you think that you're about to go to court and you want to figure out how are you going to win against this narcissist? How are you going to win this battle? So here are a few things to keep in mind if you are getting ready to go to court against a narcissist. So number one is keep everything in writing. 
the narcissist is going to try to twist everything that you say, everything that you do. They're going to falsely accuse you of things. They are going to lie about pretty much everything. They're going to lie about their finances, their role in things. They're, they're going to minimize you, uh, um, expand on whatever it is that they think their accomplishments are. Uh, you know, they have these grandiose notions about themselves and um, they will definitely try to minimize you and whatever your contributions were. So, and but on top of that, they'll probably just lie. They're going to lie about, and you know, if it's a divorce situation, they'll lie about how involved they were with the kids. They'll lie about um, your involvement with the kids, uh, what kind of person you are as a parent. They'll lie about um, how great they are as a parent. Um, they'll lie about their schedules. They'll lie about... Um, well, pretty much everything. And I mean, I actually had um, a situation not too long ago with one of my cases where the soon-to-be ex-husband actually sent a note to my client within the parenting app that we've been using, which is FAIR, by the way, which um, I we have, uh, you know, back when I had Breaking Free, a Modern Divorce podcast, uh, I interviewed Michael Daniels, uh, who's the owner of and creator of FAIR, F-A-Y-R. But um, my clients are using FAIR, and um, the, the husband, the soon-to-be ex-husband, sent a note to my client saying, this is to confirm our conversation where you agreed that I could have the child next Saturday on your time-sharing day. And she sends me this desperate email saying, I never agreed to this. This conversation never took place. What should I do? What should I say? And I said, you're going to write back. Uh, this never took place. We never had this conversation. Any conversations that we have about the child, I make sure we have right here on this app per our order. And that's that. And, you know, you don't say it with an emotion. You don't say, I'm a liar, you're a liar or whatever, um, because there's no point to inflaming the situation even more. And you want to make sure that you remain looking like the good one if you ever end up in front of a judge. So you just respond to it and you just say, yeah, that's not, that conversation didn't happen and that's not what I agreed to. So, but they will do that. So that's why you try to keep everything in writing. Um, and for, for your sake, by the way, let me re remind you something that I've said many times. If you listen to me at any length on any of my shows or my YouTube channel or whatever, you're going to hear me say this, but it's worth repeating. And that is to remind you that every text, every email, every writing is a potential trial exhibit, every single thing. So if you don't want it put out there and you don't want to see it again at a very inopportune time, i.e. with the judge staring with eyeballs down at you, 
uh, don't write it. Don't send it. Don't write it. You know, I mean, maybe write it in the middle of the night and when you're pissed off or something and then, you know, have a little burn ceremony um, or, you know, rip it up and throw it in the toilet or whatever. But don't send things that are going to end up making you look bad down the road. But on the other hand, that means that when the narcissist says things out of anger or emotion, that's great. That's great for you, especially if you don't respond in kind. But making sure that everything is in writing, it'll be really, really important. Coming up, more from Rebecca on how to beat a narcissist in court. And you know, they're not going to like it. They're, they're going to hate that it's videoed. They don't like being controlled in any way, but it will potentially also reduce the chances of them acting like a total jackass. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www winmynegotiation.com Rebecca has shared her secrets on another recent episode of Negotiate Your Best Life in the show called How to Divorce a Narcissist. Take a listen to that episode and many other episodes on how to negotiate your best life, which can all be found in our archives. I wanted to just walk through a few of the things that narcissists do in a divorce, um, the, the kinds of tricks that they pull. And now we return to today's show. Remember that the narcissist is going to try to control you in this situation. So if you try to demand that everything is in writing, they're going to try to do everything they can to hardly have anything in writing. So they're going to try to have conversations where you guys just talk and, um, you know, let's just meet at Starbucks. You don't need to have everything in writing and you don't need that lawyer around. Um, and let's just, you know, we can just work this out ourselves. Um, you know, and the bottom line is if they want to talk, just tell them to put their offer in writing. Why not? Why, why wouldn't they want to do that? If there's, if, why, what's the problem? So, um, and remember that because narcissists are pathological liars, and have zero integrity if you can get them to put everything in writing and you may want to even get them to agree at the beginning of the case to use a, a, a specific app or something like that for all communications or that all communications are via email and here's the email addresses and you know turn that into a court order because you will be able to catch them in inconsistencies if everything's always in writing and that will definitely help you in court down the road. Okay, so number two is use video for depositions. One of the other things that narcissists try to do is manipulate the court records and evidence. So during depositions, they'll make faces or gestures that they know will get under your skin, but they know that 
The only thing being taken down by the court reporter are the words. So when you look at the record, when you get the, the deposition transcript, you, all you see is, hello, what, was your, what is your name? My name is blah, blah, blah. And you don't see the, that people are making faces and things like that. Now, I, as an attorney, will often say, you know, let the record reflect that so-and-so is making faces at so-and-so, or let the re record reflect that so-and-so just made X gesture, whatever it was. But, you know, even with that, it, 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 it sometimes they do it so much that it becomes kind of like a circus, and then you're just not getting anything accomplished. You're not able to even ask the questions that you want to ask. I mean, I've seen people behave so poorly that, you know, I, I remember sitting there thinking, why did I not um, schedule this for a video deposition? You know, so make sure your lawyer knows the type of personality that you're dealing with. And if they're going to act infantile, you know, or, or in such a way that's going to try to manipulate you or bully you in some way, definitely use a video. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive, but if you're already spending the money to litigate the case and you're already spending the money to have depositions, just hire that videographer and go ahead and and video it. And, and you know, they're not going to like it. They're, they're going to hate that it's videoed. They don't like being controlled in any way, but it will potentially also reduce the chances of them acting like a total jackass. Um, and, you know, uh, it may even have the added bonus of annoying them. So, so there's that. Okay, so number three is focus on your own case. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make is focusing too much of their time on the other side. And it's really easy to do because if the other side is just constantly doing stuff and, and one of the things that people say all the time is how is he getting away with this? How is she getting away with this? Uh, I hear that all the time but what I remind people is that there are no like divorce fairies that come jumping out of the wall that say hey you there you shouldn't be doing that stop that behavior right now and and then they have to listen to that that divorce fairy I mean that doesn't exist Right, so who's gonna rein in their behavior? The person who can rein in their behavior is the judge. The only person who has any power to order another human being to do something in our society is a judge. That's it. Um, so, I mean, other than maybe law enforcement if you're breaking the law in front of their face. But other than that, what happens is they do get away with it until you can get in front of the judge. And that's why you want to be careful about, you know, making sure things are in writing and, and, and controlling their behavior in such a way because you will be able to show the judge everything that you've got eventually. So, but focusing on your own case is really, really important because, you know, as they say in football, the best defense is having a good offense. And if all you have is defense, then no one's scoring any points, right? So um, this can be a fatal flaw. Uh, many people make this mistake, including lawyers, by the way. 
If your whole case is just how bad the other side is, then you have no case. So let me make sure I say that again. If your whole case is just how bad the other side is, that means you have no case. You have no support for your own case. And that is a huge fatal flaw you will lose. So make sure you're bolstering your own case, bolstering and supporting your own position. Um, and, And there's a lot of strategy that goes into doing that. Number four is document, document, document. This kind of goes hand in hand with number one, which is keep everything in writing. But it's even more than that. You want to you know, if they're, if, if people are late picking up their kids or if they don't follow court orders or if they show up unannounced or they lose their cool, um, whatever it is that they're doing, just keep track. Have the notes section open on your phone, ready at all times. Write down the date, time, specifics about the incident, everything. I've won entire cases on these notes. I can't stress enough the importance of them. Um, the, the narcissist will be inconsistent. So this will be a great way to close in on them. And that's what you're doing when you are going to court with a narcissist. You're, you're slowly closing in on them from every angle. And then suddenly they're going to look up and, and you know, they're going to be surrounded by the wall that you have built. So that's what you're doing. Okay. Um, and the narcissist won't willingly give in or negotiate seriously unless you give them enough incentive or reason to. And that's what you're doing by building uh, everything from the documentation point of view. Okay, so number five is do thorough research. Make sure you're ready to not only argue your own points, but anticipate what theirs will be and get ready to refute every single one. You're going to want to prepare as if you are them. And then be ready to refute what they're going to say. Um, And then number six is keep your own cool. Don't get emotional. Don't let them get under your skin. What they want more than anything is to unnerve you. That's what they're trying to do. So they're going to do all sorts of things to try to goad you into being unnerved. And especially in court, They're going to make little comments. They're going to glare at you. They're going to make snide remarks. Um, So just don't look their way. Don't make eye contact. Sit somewhere that the narcissist is not in your direct eyesight, if possible. When you are sitting on the stand, don't look their way. Don't address them or their lawyer directly. Just look at the judge. And, you know, the more you don't give that narcissist the satisfaction of being upset or looking their way and giving them an opportunity, the more it's actually going to infuriate them. They want that direct reaction from you. And, And if you don't give it to them, it'll actually infuriate them. And hey, maybe you will even be able to goad them into a rage causing them to unravel and show their true colors. Bonus, bonus for you. So remember that what hurts the narcissist the most and what causes them to expose their demonstrative personality is when their target acts as if they don't exist and just unemotionally works with the facts. Um, If you're not healed yet, if you're still 
If you haven't done the internal work, sometimes this can be extremely hard to do. But once you've done that inner work, it does get easier and easier. It's like the first time you do it, it's like, oh my God, because you know, there, you're, you, this terror sort of um, ekes out of you like, oh my God, you, you know, because they've been so used to being able to manipulate you with all the things that they're, they say they're going to do. Now, remember, they're going to threaten all kinds of things. That's a really good point I, w I should definitely make here. They're going to threaten you with all kinds of things. They're going to say that they're going to take you down, that, um, you know, if you're in a divorce situation, they're going to say, I'm taking all your money. You're going to end up on the street. I am going to take the kids from you. All kinds of stuff that's just, and I'm just going to say it like it is, total bullshit. You heard it here, okay? They say that stuff just to unnerve you and unravel you, and it's not true. People have an inherent right to their children. Uh, you know, you could be a drug addict prostitute, and it would still be hard for them to completely take away your children. So, um, you know, there might be some kind of supervised time-sharing plan in place, but it would still be really hard to take them away completely, even under that scenario. So just remember that. Um, and um, I'm just going to add a number seven here, which is be uber prepared. Be uber prepared because if you have any loose ends, open areas, they will find them. Um, you want to take away as many of the variables as possible. So, um, you know, have your lawyer uh, practice your direct examination with you. I even have um, other lawyers in my office sometimes so that it's people that my clients aren't as comfortable with. Um, do a practice cross-examination with them so that they can kind of rattle their cage a little bit ahead of time and get ready for what might happen there. You know, the, the more you can take out the variables, the, the, the more comfortable you'll be. You know, obviously you can't anticipate 100% of everything, but you can predict a lot of what's going to happen in the trial. So make sure you have a good lawyer and um, everyone on your side is ultra pre prepared. Um, that helps you take the emotion out of it. And um, the, the more you can just observe what's happening and stay in the facts, the, be the better chance you have of winning and gaining your sanity, lives, and your soul back. And um, if you are negotiating with a narcissist, Make sure to check out my free Crush My Negotiation Prep Worksheet, which I will drop a link to in the show notes as well. And um, thanks for listening. Good luck if you're getting ready to go to court with a narcissist. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zong. Check back next Monday for more inspirational pearls of wisdom. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd love if you would give it a five-star rating and tell me what you liked in a review on iTunes. Also, be sure to grab your winning negotiation cheat sheet at winmynegotiation.com. And remember, today is a perfect day to start negotiating your best life.
Hey, Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about. Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating Confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring, and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.